Welcome back to Following Noah on a Stormlight Podcast. This week is episode 155, continuing through Yumi and the Nightmare Painter into part three. Paul, how are you? I'm great. Wow, it's it's impressive that we've managed to make our 155th episode about Yumi and the Midnight the Night <laughs> Nightmare Painter. We've really, really covered every word of the book so far. It's it's been impressive. I'm proud of us. It took me like until you were done with that to realize what you were saying is that we have 155 episodes about you, me, and the Nightmare Painter. Mm-hmm. Elliot, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Enjoying reading this book. We, we we talked a lot going into it at the beginning how we were excited to read a book that had just come out, you know, on release. And I got to say, it's uh, it's living up to the expectation so far. It's been fun to spin some theories in our discord on it as we read and cover this stuff kind of right after it comes out. So I'm enjoying it. All right. Uh, chapters 19, 20 and 21 uh, for today. Let's roll intro. Elliot, while we're doing intro, could you check what page number chapter 22 starts on for me? Sure. Why didn't you ask me, Trevor? Are you not going to ask me because I'm an audiobook listener? That's a little bit unfair, I think. That is true. I mean, all right, Paul, what page number are we on then? Well, it's not the same now. This one, your ask was not very genuine. So, chapter 22 happens to begin on page 237. Okay. I think we're about halfway through the book. Um towards the like three pages shy of halfway. Okay. Yeah. Right at the end of this episode we will be halfway through the book. Um someone wanna start us off with chapter nineteen. We start on Yumi's planet and then we get like a mid chapter transition. Is that I think this is the first time that we've had a mid chapter transition maybe the second painter is uh making progress they uh they're working on the the rock stacking and he he gets it he gets some rocks stacked i does he gets like six or seven or eight or something like that and he's really proud and i was part of him too you know i think that i I think i could stack six rocks i think that i predicted that he wouldn't have to stack rocks and i was wrong I think, Paul, you said that he would, and you were right. I did. I did. And y'all laughed at me, and I bet some viewers laughed at me, too. And look at me oh, now, it's... you know. He's here. He's stacking rocks. And it is almost... It's a little bit more exciting than I thought it would be. Uh, but I, <laughs> I'm actually a little bit surprised that we are still stacking rocks. I'm not calling that case closed just yet. Yes, he's stacking rocks. I still think he's going to abandon the stacking rocks in favor of some other way of summoning the spirits. Fair. We have not seen a spirit yet, and we are well into part three, so that's true. As they're going through and still on Yumi's planet, Yumi's ordering him around as she does, and she has an internal dialogue where in Yumi's head for chapter 19, and... She thinks to herself that she's she's actually impressed with Nicaro and how he can commit himself to these uh, these tasks that Yumi demands of him. Um, albeit he's dragging his feet and he's going to grumble about it, but he does like kneel there for eight hours stacking rocks, and she has an internal um, thought of appreciation uh, for Nicaro's perseverance with it. But there's a distinct lack of verbal communication to Nicaro um, about that. That, and I think that's significant because I don't think Yumi has ever had a verbal affirmation of this type of thing um, from her mentors. So why would she give one if she's never received one? So I think it feeds into 
how Yumi grew up and who Yumi is as a person and what she views as accomplishments. Um, the fact that she didn't laud Nakaro as most people would here, I think. I talked last episode about how Yumi has been bullying Painter in a lot of ways through some of this. And I think you're onto something there, Trevor, in that not only has Yumi not gotten positive affirmation from those around her, I think she's been bullied in a lot of ways. Her her warden, Liyun, pretty actively bullies her in a very passive-aggressive way, in a, a very, you know, gaslighting, passive-aggressive style of, well, surely in your wisdom, you would never suggest something like that, correct? You know, kind of like that, that, that's all out. That's bullying in my book. And I think that could very well be where Yumi's getting it from. Yeah. There's a couple in this chapter and then the next. We get a, a time, a time frame set. Um, in this chapter, we get the suspension. Right? In chapter 19, or is that chapter 21? Chapter 19, right? Um, that yes. um, Nicaro is suspended from his job without pay for a month. Um, so we, we have a time frame. What do you guys think that time frame is? Do you think that's the book? The one-month time span? Or do you think that's something significant is going to happen then, and we're going to keep going past that? Or do you think that's the whole book? I I will actually say... I think that sets like a soft timer. It's not going to be this like we have one month to figure it out or I'm going to lose my job. And that's like the the like pinnacle dilemma. Right. Or, or one of the main dilemmas. Right. But I think I honestly thought this sounded a little silly. I feel like this was Brandon Sanderson's like. Throw in to explain why, like. To to provide a reason why they're to take that like work tension out of the story, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's going to be a soft timeline of like, okay, they know that they have a month to kind of figure this out and try to get things back to normal, if you will. Um, but it's not like a month is up, and you know, like I could see it going past the month, and they like figure out how to either work together more seamlessly or like get Nicaro back physically in his realm or who knows who knows you know i'm not sure that i know or can even guess what time frame we're looking at because we still don't even quite know what the quest is right we're halfway through the book and we still don't quite know what the objective is we know we have some threads that our characters are chasing we know we're trying to get back into our own bodies and we're supposed to help the spirits but how do we do any of that i'm not sure that we've gotten too far down that so is that going to take a month is that going to take six months i have no idea i did notice though a month may not be what we think it is Mm -hmm. maybe they've told us what a month is i don't know but the beginning of chapter 20 it states that a week is 11 days so if a week is 11 days, how long is a month? I don't know. That's a good point. Um, I also noticed, I don't remember if it was in chapter 20 or 21, that we get a mention that it is Ash Day. Of like Ooh, a yeah. casual, just like mention of a day of the week. I think you mentioned that an episode or two ago, Elliot, that there was like some different, you noticed some different name for a day of the week. I don't know if their whole system is different or if this just goes for the four days of the week. It's one of those four days of the week that's past our normal seven. You know, it goes like Sunday, oh, Ash Day, Q's Day. I don't know, you know, <laughs> like just, just throw stuff out there, you know. Um, I don't know if it's in addition to or if it's entirely 11 different days. Yeah, I don't know. The reason why I brought this up is because there's a couple interesting events coming up on our timeline in chapter 21 we're jumping forward a little bit here but i wanted to bring it up it's revealed that painter's civilization is planning on visiting 
what we assume to be Yumi's planet and what they assume to be Yumi's planet. And then back all the way up to chapter two, Yumi wants to go to the festival. Do you guys remember that? She asks, what's Leon? Yeah. Let's, can I, well, she doesn't outright ask Leon. Leon stops her before she can get there, but internal dialogue from Yumi, can I go to the festival? It's, it's the great alignment. There'll be a lot of spirits or something this year. Um, and I assume those two events are going to coincide that there's going to be some big event with Yumi and painter at said festival time. Um, I don't remember when that was like 50 days or something from the beginning of the book says the festival of reveals it is near hundred days. Yes. Hundred days from the beginning of the book. Yep. Yes. Okay. I totally forgot about that. That's an interesting thought. Hundred days. Yeah, maybe we'll have to count some days as we uh, get closer to that ship launching and see if those two events align. Yeah. The although. Yeah. I think the well. I was... Granted, space travel takes some time, but. I think uh, the launch is well before that 100-day time window. But maybe they would arrive around it. I don't know. The the only reason why I'm bringing all this up is because we get a a fast-forward line where Yumi made me stack these rocks for 11 days straight. Like, oh, we're, we're doing a montage now. I didn't think we would get one of those. I thought this would be a little bit more compact and concise. Um, I wasn't expecting like a, a time jump, if you will. Um, so we got a time jump of 11 days of before he was allowed to put a, one rock on top of another. He's holding rocks for a week. Um, so, uh, all that to say, this is not going where I expect. And there's a couple other things revealed in this episode that don't go where I expect. Um, but before we move on too pat or too far past chapter nineteen, uh, what did you guys think of uh, the end of the chapter? There's when they're pre- when they're practicing bamboo, Yumi pulls out Painter's portfolio or reaches for it. What do you guys think? What what is it? This this is the part of the chapter that I've been I've been excited to get to. I've been excited to talk about. So we we mentioned before, in previous episodes and looking at the other chapters that there's there's mild there's allusion to something in Painter's past, right? I I would honestly say also it's not that much. Like like it doesn't it doesn't bring it up that much. But we do get a mention of like Painter saying he used to have this like spark of creativity right or all sorts of things right anyways we haven't seen painter act very harshly at all right he he, he's like snarky he's sarcastic but he gets harsh and really defensive as soon as yumi picks his picks this up and asks what is this he says absolutely not you do not touch that that is like uh, you know more or less like a criminal offense to him and and Yumi, especially being such a rule follower and ritualistic, right? Like it's like, okay, done. Like good rule. You're they they keep saying, oh, your world, your rules, right? Like mm-hmm. yeah, you um get to make those calls. But I mean, I feel like we could, as the readers, you you know that this is where there's probably something from his past. It's probably a lot of I don't know. My prediction is that it's filled with gorgeous drawings of his like past kind of with like a creative spark or maybe it's a place where he i don't know it could even still be like a journal right like it could be kind of him writing out like what's happened before i i firmly believe it is a portfolio of of images of paintings but yeah but but he's obviously very very emotionally um distraught about it you know, I I assume it's it's a sibling. I assume they are paintings of or for 
a past sibling. I, I threw this this idea around maybe in episode one that there was traumatic loss in in painters somewhere. Um, I assume it's a, a a that this is my prediction that it's a sibling that he failed to protect, um, and that that's being hinted at. Um, yeah. Then in the next chapter, Nicaros is watching Yumi stack rocks and uh he says or he thinks to himself she has the passion that i used to have and he's very deliberate with that mindset through all these chapters of the last couple episodes of i used to have this passion i no longer do um so yes i do think they are artwork with that that has like genuinely good art and he does know how to do that in his past but I think he may have froze during a nightmare attack and failed to protect somebody. And I would, my prediction is a, a sibling. I like that prediction a lot. I definitely don't have anything in my head that I like better. I think it definitely has got to tie to the trauma because clearly there's something. There's something in his past that happened that has broken him a little bit. And. I mean, it's a Brandon Sanderson character. He's got to have some kind of mental struggle, right? Yeah, I really want to know what's in that portfolio. Although my gut tells me that it's just obviously a Don Chard. <laughs> that would make the most sense, I think. So I think until proven otherwise, we'll just assume that yeah, Painter has a Don Chard in his... Uh, That's just kind of laying on the ground in his apartment. Yeah. What does the spirit tell Yumi? Save me, help me, something like that. Free us, something like Free that. Free us. We have the Dawn Shard of Freedom on here somewhere. <laughs> sure. Well, okay, we do see uh, you, you, you joke, Trevor, but I think it's near the end. I think it's in chapter twenty-one. Mm -hmm. Um, that we that whenever they're talking about, we can talk about this further and later if we want to, but. They mentioned these like machines and how these machines are powered. And, and it says like you see like you hear the, the, the phrase like free us, like from a says like from a, a spirit. Mm -hmm. And then the next sentence is painter like, hmm, I wonder how that's powered, you know? And I'm like, that that's so deliberate, at least as Cosmere fairly current Cosmere readers, right? Like that's um Anyways, so. Well, we're either spot on or so far off that it's not even worth proceeding. So we can, we can, either we called it several chapters ahead of time or we're wrong. So, Elliot, you, ready for you just have theory written in theory. the outline and I'm a little scared. I, I, I do. I was trying to make it more ominous than it actually is. It's not that mind-blowing you succeeded i do have a theory though i do have a theory it's actually i think it's rehashing a theory that we talked about way back at the beginning e even as far back as the preview chapters that we read a year ago we talked about the nightmares and how they seem rather cognitive in nature and they seem to be going through this process of transitioning from a harmless state, maybe a cognitive state, into a harmful state, maybe a physical state. Again, drawing a lot of stormlight parallels, trying to maybe transition from cognitive realm into physical realm, where they become dangerous. I'm starting to wonder if Yumi and Painter are on a similar journey. Maybe this planet, or set of planets, is in a location where the physical realm and the cognitive realm are less separate than elsewhere. And the transition from one to the other is a little bit easier than other places. Sure. Like on Roshar, you have to get to a perpendicularity if you want to transfer between the two of them. Unless you're a Spren, Spren can kind of do this I'm in both worlds thing and can manifest stronger in the physical realm once they kind of learn how to transition into that realm. I, I bring this up now because 
in both on both Yumi's planet and Painter's planet, Yumi and Painter are both learning how to interact with what they call the souls of the things around them. They're able to like pull the soul out of the clothing and the whoever's the spirit person can wear that the the for a bit. Or Yumi's stacking stones alongside Painter, but she's using the the souls of the stones. And they can they're starting to interact with the the real world, maybe a little bit. We've mentioned the water that Yumi has interacted with. In this chapter, Painter is able to change the thermostat in his room. He's able to interact with the Heon in the thermostat and change it. So I'm almost now wondering and comparing to our nightmares that are on this journey of transition from cognitive to physical is that either what our two main characters are doing unintentionally or is that what they should be doing intentionally trying to actively bring their cognitive beings into the physical realm and finding ways to do that and so the ways that the nightmares do that have any relevance to how they need to be doing that and there's a lot of kind of thoughts view all revolving around a theory but what are do you, have, you guys have any thoughts on any of that yes um interesting i didn't consider i i i guess i never considered the fact that this could now be the, the the status quo and this was would never be like solved and they could just bring both into both worlds and they just swap over back and forth i i don't know if that's quite where you were going with that but that's where my brain went in the is that yeah take spirit person on the world and just make them physical by interacting with the world uh, capital c perception I, I, weird I'd have to think about that for a while. That's the thought train that is similar to the thought train I was going down. And yes, what what are the implications of the body you're leaving behind on the other planet? I have no idea. <laughs> but just the the comparison of what the nightmares are doing yeah. to our characters kind of struck me as Painter and Yumi are starting to interact with the world around them a little bit more. That's a good point, Elliot where my like theory brain really wants this to be attainable right now. I just, I feel, I don't know. Every time I try to think of what's possible in the cognitive realm, it hurts my head a little bit because I'm like, anything is possible as long as you imagine it. Right. Kind of thing. Um, but I, I, I don't know just the way it all interacts. I, I don't know how it would work. Like, like how it would really, what if really work, you know? Ideas are popping into my brain as we're talking, as usual, which is what I love about this podcast and being able to talk to you guys about this, these books. What would happen if Painter cried? I guess this would work because they're the opposite. I was thinking, what if Painter tried to paint Yumi and use that painting process to solidify her? But it's the opposite, right? On his planet, he's the spirit and she's the physical. And it's on the other planet that he's it, physical and she's so so I have something to kind of play into this. I don't know if you need to jump in, Trevor, but I have something that well, just real quick on her planet, she's also stacking spiritual rocks. So he could at, maybe at some point pick up his paintbrush. Right. Yeah. Um. So so I had this. I would call it an intrusive thought earlier. It was like a theory in my head that I was like, oh, no, 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 I'm just going to throw that to the wayside. But with what you're saying, I, I might as well throw it out there. So we talked about this like spaceship going to presumably Yumi's planet. And I forgot what the little festival thing was called um, on Yumi's planet that she wanted to go to. Do you remember what it was called? Festival of Reveals? the festival yeah. reveals and it was what yumi says it's like a way to like recalibrate or something or like a way to be with all the spirits or something like that i wonder in my head i was like 
is is that going to coincide? Are they going to arrive? Like, are they going to take the spaceship to Yumi's planet? And on Yumi's planet, it is all the spirits have come, but it is actually just the people of... Um, it is actually just the, the people of Painter's planet yeah. that just arrive on a spaceship. But, like, the spaceship is so beyond them that it's, like, the spirits, like, you know... Um, that wouldn't, in my opinion, I don't think that exact depiction would make for a great story. It'd be kind of funny, but, um, so I don't actually believe that, but it it made me think about that. Um, I, I do have one, like, it's not really, I don't, I I can't really theorize off of it, but I have a question that I'm curious to know what y'all think. And it's, it's, it's down the theory crafting realm. So we were talking about kind of maybe, is there some connect? Like, we've seen connectivity between their planets, right? But, like, where do these spirits come from, right? Or, or like, all the all these things. And I'm wondering about these nightmares, actually. It's kind of bugged me from the start of, are these nightmares an isolated thing? Or something in me has been saying that the nightmares are somehow connected to something on Yumi's planet as well. Okay. I don't have an answer or really a solid theory to throw out as to what that could be. But in my head, I was like, what if somehow the people or the souls or the cognitive shadows or whatever of the people on painter's planet are the spirits of Yumi's planet, but also like vice versa almost. But that's, that's absolutely like, I don't think that's, I don't think there's any grounding for that whatsoever these are just the thoughts that have popped into my head and i i I had to get it off my chest just to say it just just so i could like voice my my brain but i'm not i i don't think there's any like substantial footing for that in any case i'm not going to shame you for your wild theory because i'm about to spew too as well but i will say that you kind of broke my brain there with corresponding spirits on both planets and i I don't know where to go with that, I'll be honest. There's nothing to go with there. My my only actual thought was, is there something more to the nightmares? That That's basically my thing. Is is there more to them? Like, are they just coming from the, the uh, what's it called? The shroud. The, the shroud. They're just general bad creatures that come from the shroud. Like, a, I don't know. Or, or is there something deeper behind it, I guess? I like the train of thought, actually, just kind of following along the path of the whole the planets are opposites and the planets are linked somehow. It doesn't seem that far of a stretch to me to say the nightmares are linked to something on Yumi's planet or the spirits on Yumi's planet are linked to something on Painter's planet. Now, what exactly are they linked to and what does that mean? I have no idea, but I'm I'm not at all against that line of thinking. All right, ready for crazy theory number three or four, whatever number we're on now? Um, Love it. On Nightmare's Planet right now, we have Yumi in Painter's body visible as Yumi, right? And Painter standing standing within 10 feet of her or whatever. But I I guess by the end of the episode, we're 200 feet or whatever. Um, What would happen if they encountered a Nightmare? Like, not like a fully physical nightmare, but like still a cognitive nightmare. Question, would Painter be in danger? So, Painter... I I actually, I think we kind of have an answer to this. If a nightmare is like a cognitive element in the same way that like, yeah, design is, design is able to see and interact with Painter. Right. Painter can at least do things with Yumi, right? Like, like he's able to teach her painting and, and stuff like that, right? I think he could still perform an action against a nightmare, how they currently but, are. But could a nightmare perform an action against Painter? Could, is Painter in physical danger? Physical's a oh, poor choice. Is is <laughs> is Painter in, in bodily, danger. bodily danger um, to a cognitive nightmare right now. I I think I think so. I think it's the almost the same element. Like 
the same stakes. Like I, th- I think it yeah. would be how we would normally interact with one. Because it's all through the cognitive I... realm, I guess, right, or the spiritual realm, not like the physical realm. Right. I think I'm following what you're saying, Trevor. I, I wouldn't be too surprised if, yeah, he's in much greater danger to a young cognitive nightmare because he's potentially on their realm. Part of why the not stable nightmares aren't dangerous is they're not in the physical realm yet, so they can't hurt you. Painter's not in the physical realm. At least it doesn't seem like it. So, yeah, that that could be terrifying, actually. Second one. How do we identify perpendicularities currently? Pools of water. Pools of water, right? We see that on Six of the Dusk. Uh, we see that vaguely mentioned um, from Horn Eaters and Stormlight. Um, second question, how do Yumi's, well, y- Yumi's day-to-day life before this, she goes around and communes with spirits in these little hot springs, right? All, all around the planet. What if virtuosity in splintering herself also splintered her perpendicularity and created a bunch of little mini perpendicularities everywhere? And that's where you go to commune with the spirits. And that's where the religion comes from. I think that makes sense. So I wonder if, like Elliot, like you've been saying, the the lines between cognitive and physical realm in on these planets are way more blurred than yes. we're giving credit to on other like on yes. other planets. It's way more visual. Like you're in Shadesmar, you're not in Shadesmar. But on this planet, it's like, well, are you here or are you not? Like it it gets really weird. And I wonder if it's because there's perpendicularities like wherever there's water. Like, it it could be that crazy. Also, sorry, um, it makes sense with Yumi's character of virtuosity. We, we I think we talked about this in the past of, like, uh, that shirt. It's like a virtuoso, like, great. The, the, the dictionary definition is, like, great skill in music or another artistic pursuit. Right. Right. And uh, Stacking Rocks is, I would say, another <laughs> artistic pursuit. Um, and, and how Yumi was kind of like called out at that, at a very young age, like told that from the start, it makes like, whatever you think of a virtuoso, it's, I mean, I don't know if this is textbook definition accurate, but my, my general understanding is it's someone young who just has a very incredible inclination, very incredible, like skill set, who's, who's way ahead of everyone else at their age, right? Like, like like an, yeah, just incredibly skilled naturally, right? Um, so it makes sense how she's able to do that, and then that makes sense what you're saying, Trevor, of like kind of if it was a splintering that kind of like made these pools go everywhere, then like, yeah, it would also explain why she's so highly invested because she's spending all her time in these baths everywhere. I'm I'm thinking along the same lines, especially with the water aspect of it. And I wrote down perpendicularity, but I didn't know quite what to do with it. And Trevor, you fleshed out the idea really well there. I, I like that idea a lot. I'm even thinking back to the stable nightmare that Painter battled. Do you remember what was happening as he's doing all that? Raining. Was it raining? It was raining. Oh, wow. Yep. And so, yes, I like your I like your theory a lot. Wow, interesting. I didn't think about the rain that, and it was like deliberately like the rain washed away his canvas. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, like it, it made deliberate note of it was raining. Interesting. Also, in this episode, we're getting I don't know if it's Hoyd or Painter who's. I think it's Painter who's kind of musing on the fact that what the heck are these nightmares or is this nightmare doing by now it should have attacked what, and then it's, we, we get a, 
we, we get Hoyd mentioning, and it was stalking it outside in the alley, but Yumi didn't see it. Like, we, we get a, a breaking of the fourth wall there for the, um, for the reader. So, yeah, what the heck is going on with the these nightmares? It's it's really fascinating, actually. It very much is. I'm really curious about it, and I feel like we don't know enough about nightmares other than just painters offhand comments about them but i've i've gotten the impression just from painters thoughts that yeah they don't usually wait this long but i have no idea yeah interesting so another another aspect at the end of chapter 20 here um because yumi is failing at her duties on yumi's planet which is Painter is failing at Yumi's duties. The the Grand Capital has sent this inventor out with a rock stacking machine. And it's there to help Yumi stack her rocks so that she can do her duty. And um, so let's get the big question out of the way first. Is the rock stacking machine going to summon the art spread or whatever we're, we're summoning here? Yes, yes or no? Real quick. I'm I'm really yes. curious, and I'm I'm basing a lot of thoughts on whether it does or not. Yeah, because we've been comparing these spirits to Spren up until now, so I I, I ask myself the same question on on Roshar. If Fabriel was created that could draw a beautiful picture, would creation Spren appear? I don't think so. So is I, are the spirits going to appear for the rock stacking machine? I so so oh I th I think you're right, Ellie. I I don't think they would. Now that I'm thinking about it more, because it's the 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 thought, the cognitive element that draws them. Right? It's not necessarily right. I mean, it says that they're drawn to art, but but that could be an easy way of saying like they're drawn to art artistry i guess right like like it's it's the person sitting down and thinking out and and like focusing on the art it's not like a beautiful picture itself because if so you could have a beautiful picture hang it on your wall and wouldn't there like almost consistently be some kind of spread around it right or, or at least nearby they right. like hanging out by it almost like a bug hangs around light kind of thing um so I but I'm thinking also, about it before, I don't think it will. I'm I'm wondering though if we're taking too many stormlight preconceptions into this, which is why That's I said true. I will change a lot of opinions based on what's about to happen. Because if the stacking machine does summon the spirits, I'm gonna have to change some things in my head about how I think things are working here. So here comes my prediction, and I'm sorry, I'm so confident that this is it, that I am going to be spoiling it for you. That's how confident I am that I, I am correct here. Okay, so in chapter 20, before the machines roll up, Painter is observing Yumi and stacking her spiritual rocks and sees the passion that she has for her art. And he's, he views it as she is a part of the art display watching someone be good at something is part of the art and v viewing someone who's so good at a craft is almost as enjoyable as the craft itself like specifically like a music concert somebody who is so passionate about the piano you can tell based off their performance and it's that is part of the viewing pleasure of seeing someone play piano is they you can see that they love it so much and because these are virtuosity spirits, let me read the definition of virtuoso. The definition of virtuoso is a person highly skilled in music or another artistic pursuit. It is not the art, it is the person behind the art. So, no, this rock stacking machine will not summon these virtuosity spirits because it is not the art that is summoning these spirits it is yumi and her passion for it 
that is summoning them. So as soon as Painter finds his passion again for painting or whatever is in his portfolio, as soon as he finds that, he will be able to summon spirits. Doesn't matter what he's doing. You think the machine failing to summon the spirits will be enough to point Painter and Yumi down that thought trail to get to where they need to get to, which is Painter rediscovering his spark and performing with passion and summoning a spirit. It will not be... So Painter rediscovering his passion will not occur on Yumi's planet. Something will happen on on Painter's planet that will recover his anxiety or depression or whatever he has here that is blocking his passion and then byproduct he will be you he will have his passion that they won't know why the machine is not able to able to successfully summon these spirits that's what i was getting to was I, i i agree with you i think painter definitely has to find his spark back on his home planet but will the will he be able to put two and two together and realize why the the they're just watching Yumi and realizing that her passion is part of it and then watching the machine fail. Will that be enough for it to click in his brain that they have to, they have to find the passion. I don't think it'll be as obvious to painter as it is to me, but you're extremely confident. There are no spirits about to show up. 100%. There, if, if a, Okay. If a spirit if a spirit appears when the machine stacks a rock I'll do I'll do what? What should I do? I don't know. <laughs> okay, okay. But before you uh throw potentially throw yourself under the bus, my <laughs> my only other caveat as to how it could draw one which which honestly this may not be that important, but the the creators the the builders the the engineers behind this machine right that takes creativity and takes work right like no. like maybe you know there's this really cool machine that they invented in innovation to do this so then okay be, maybe a spirit's like oh that's kind of neat you know okay then then here's my counter to that they would have appeared when they made the machine you're right if they if they that's pour true. if they poured their heart and soul into it and then tested it, and this is my baby. I am. Uh, I have a rock, uh, rock stacking machine. There may well have been spirits summoned at that time because, when, when, and they're testing it. Oh, it works. That's that's true. But they're putting the the egg before the chicken or whatever. They're putting the chicken before the egg. <laughs> anyway, you understand. Um, it, it it was successful back in the capital or, capital or whatever, but not because they stacked rocks, but because the engineer was so masterful at that time creating the machine. That would be my counter to that. Fair point. I endorse this message. How do you think the machine's powered? Before they before they get to look at the machine, they're teleported over back over to. So I don't know if. Yumi just, you know, falls flat in her face in front of what, when the machine shows up and she passes out. But I don't know how that um, scene pans out. But how do you guys think they've powered their rock stacking machine? Because there's no Heon lines. They bring up coal-powered engines. Um, and uh, Yumi gives them a blank stare. So what do you think is happening here? Is it turbines? Wind turbines, maybe? I... Think it is a Sterling engine. Okay. Go to Google and type in Sterling engine. You can actually buy these things. I've always wanted to buy one. They 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 make like little desktop versions of them. It is a oftentimes either like a, a flywheel or a piston that runs off of nothing but heat. You light a little candle on one end of it, and it just uses that heat energy to like expand gases to drive a piston. And they they're kind of cool. You can you can pretend like you have a perpetual motion machine sometimes with Sterling engines because you can hide your heat source and be like, hey, hey, look, it spins forever, but it's actually got like a little heat source inside of it. Sterling engine. 
That's my theory. I think it's a great theory because they've got a surplus of heat, right? Exactly. Just set it on the ground. It's got that heat coming up from below. It's exactly what a lot of these Sterling engines look like. You just set them on a heat source and they run. Interesting. Too many smart and people like on this podcast. Sterling engine was, yeah. Wow. Is, any, is anyone else getting six of the dusk flashbacks? Where, like, specifically with this space space mission thing, where six where six of the dusk and what's surface? I don't remember her name. Um, they're like running around six of the of the dusk's planet, and they talk about like the people above making contact and trading and exploiting resources or whatever they're doing. I don't remember. Um, and then there's a perpendicularity as well. Anyone else? Getting flashbacks to Six of the Dusk, or is it just me? I wasn't until I saw you wrote that in the outline. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, yeah, definitely. Even down to the... I'm trying to remember that book. We, we went through it so fast, I don't feel like I remember it so well. At the end of that book, it got down to this dilemma, right, of the, the higher technology culture coming in and ruining the non-technologically advanced one right more or less right yeah that's exactly the conversation we've just shifted into in the last two chapters here in this book up until now it's been kind of a comparison of religious society compared to non-religious society and now we've shifted that conversation into technology versus non-technological yumi and painter even have this conversation yumi's like well what an abomination it's going to steal all the jobs from all the people and painter's like well yeah you might think that but that's not actually true think of my world we have machines to do everything and people still have jobs like that's a that's a classic kind of conundrum philosophical debate to, to get into i mean the one going on in our world right now is ai is ai gonna replace everybody's jobs i i personally think no, probably not. Will it change the world? Yeah, absolutely. Will it change the kinds of jobs we do? Probably. But Six of the Dusk, I did not remember that, and now all the, the light bulbs are flashing. You are absolutely right. There's several things where I, I kind of feel like these shifts are out of the blue. I didn't see them coming. Um, the the machines, the, the space launch that they talk about in Chapter 21... Um, apparently, uh, painters, people are planning a launch for the other planet and it's been postponed. It's been postponed. So a lot of the painters, they're like, oh, it'll never happen. It's just one of those things that people talk about. But then Izzy, I think is the one who's super passionate about it. And she's like, oh yeah, they're going to launch next week. Um, so uh, and design asks Nakaro, "Oh, are you going to sneak aboard so you can go over to uh, to Yumi's planet?" And Nakaro's like, "No." And then design's pretty disappointed. <laughs> so I, that is where my brain first went: is like, "Oh, we could just physically bring the two bodies together, and that might solve something." But I don't know. I was trying to think about whether that would solve it. Actually, when they were having that conversation, I had the same thought: was, "Oh, would that make our situation better or worse?" I don't know that it would make it better. Not even it would be weird. If it did fix it and that was the resolution, I would be pretty let down <laughs> as a storytelling aspect that it's like, oh my goodness, we have this whole conundrum of like our bodies and whatnot, uh, all the stuff that we've gone through. And then the resolution is, oh well, my people have made a spaceship and we're going to fly to your planet and then our bodies will be near each other. And so we'll just be back in our own bodies. <laughs> that would be, that would be a pretty big letdown. But it'd be very strange because then Yumi could stack rocks in painter's body, but then jump over to Yumi's body next to, and then she view is appears as Yumi it next to Yumi and, yeah. It gets very strange yeah. very quickly. <laughs> yes. What does it make sense? It's, I mean, it's. <laughs> I totally get it. I'm just not good at explaining it to others. <laughs> but I totally get it. Yeah. Elliot, you had a funny reaction 
to one of these chapters in our Patreon uh, live reaction. So I'll let you take it away. I know what I know. You've been wanting to to say this. Yes, if you are one of our Patreon supporters at a certain level, I'm not sure which, you can get access to some of our the five dollar level. At the five dollar level on our Patreon supporters, you can get access to a couple of exclusive channels in our Discord. One of which is uh me sometimes trevor sometimes paul live reacting to the chapters that we're reading literally as i'm reading it i will you know set the book down pull out my phone and just you know throw some thoughts into the the channel i did have a rather violent reaction to chapter 21 here that i immediately posted in the the discord and that was we go back to the noodle shop the noodle pupil back in there Yumi's doing her thing, trying to explore the world. She's talking to Tojin. He's doing the whole flexes muscles thing. And there's this whole extended scene where Yumi's just like staring at muscles. <laughs> yes. These other bodybuilders come in and Tojin, oh yeah, man, did you do the reps this way the other day? Look at my muscles. Like whole extended. It, it was entertaining. It was hilarious. I, I liked it. Until <laughs> I learn. Yumi turns around and over at the at the bar, design and painter are having a conversation. So Yumi just kind of like walks over and kind of joins at the very tail end of a conversation that we learn is all about connection. Design is like finishing her explanation of, oh, well, yeah, clearly you're just uh, connected through your spirit web that's tied to your body. And yeah, let me just fix that for you. It was like, whoa, <laughs> wait, why in the world was I in Yumi's point of view, staring at the bodybuilder while design <laughs> is over there giving all the answers connection works and how all of this needs to happen. I am more than a little bit upset, Brandon, that you're taunting me with the answers about connection in the scene where I'm stuck staring at bodybuilders with Yumi. It's not it's not even like a Hoyd like Hoyd knows the answer and is not telling the reader. It's a no, we're telling stuff. It's just a little bit off screen. Like he's specifically like taunting. It's not just dangling, taunting at this point. Yep. It's a, he's hanging the string right in front of us. I mean literally. Yes. Yeah. I I thought that was so, really funny. I'm I'm curious to talk about it a little bit from what we did see. So design couldn't fix anything, but she was able to, I guess, manipulate the, the I don't know how to describe it. Like, like there's a rope between them essentially, right? Like she literally has like a cognitive like string in her hand and literally physically stretches the imaginary string, right? Like, you know, to give them more room where they're not like apparently like pulling each other around, you know? Um, so I don't know what the dimensions were, but, but they have more space now, but we, we don't yet. Yeah, like we don't learn the hard properties of how do they get connected? Do can you unconnect? What does this in, all entail? Right. You're right. Like there's so many like important questions that were not answered, but we do know that there is this capital C connection and then it can be manipulated to some extent, right? I mean, design is powerful, right? She's a spren, but she's like a normal spren, right? Like, she's not like... Is, we're not talking about shard levels of power or anything like that, you know? Right, like, what what all is capable for others who have more power to manipulate connection, right? Like. There's there's a lot. There's a whole lot of stuff we could jump into there, but yeah, I didn't have as violent a reaction as Elliot, but I fully um, endorse a violent reaction to that. And I wonder if it's two possibilities here. Either we get a better explanation later on in this book, or the reader's not allowed to know yet because of what Dalinar will reveal to us in Stormlight 5. I, I, be, because what I, 
what I imagine, Elliot, your reaction would be something that Dalinar would react as well. Like, I wait, I need answers to what I could. That is what he's been asking for two and a half books now of what can I do with this spirit web that I can see? Like, he can see lines between people and he can manipulate them. And there's, there's a whole bunch of like, I don't know, theories that go along with that of what Dalinar can actually do. So I'm I'm wondering if it's just we haven't read Stormlight Five yet, so we're not allowed to know the full implications um, of Capital C Connection, or it, he's just saving it for like part four of of this book, um, which I could see both happening. I would bet he's saving it for Stormlight Five because that has been a pretty significant plot point in that series. Yeah. I don't think he's going to reveal what we need to know in essentially a spin-off book. Although all these books are it's not really spin-off. The and we do get a little bit of tidbits here in this book, especially if you're new to connection. This probably helped you yeah, quite a bit. Right. Understand what what was happening here. Although I am a little bit intrigued by the fact that it's so important in Stormlight that Dalinar can manipulate connection. And then here's design. Just be like, oh, yeah, let me uh, fix that for you. And just like, okay, your connection's fixed. Like, <laughs> wait a second. What? Why is the cryptic spren manipulating connection casually? That's a good question. I didn't think about a cryptic manipulating connection and why that would be allowed. So one thing that we don't know is, I mean, do we have an, we we might have an answer to this that I don't remember. Is the Spren in a Nile bond, is the Spren's power related to like the, the, oh, it's a cryptic, right? So it's the whole truth thing, which is a little more complicated, but like the yes. ideals, right? Like the first, second, third, fourth, fifth ideal. Does the, like this, the search binder is that the right term we've gone through so many that so search binding search binding search is a binders, right? yes search binding is a loose term for someone who can use surges okay gotcha gotcha sorry it's it's been a minute so i guess i, I was doubting that my term um surge binders gain abilities and strengths and powers and stuff right uh, based off of that like level that that uh right but but can all cryptics do this or is it like is hoid like a fifth ideal is this a fifth ideal cryptic or whatever the truths works i'm not gonna worry about that right now (laughs) but um like is that why she can do it or is it just like any sprint any high sprint can do it or i don't know I didn't think I had any questions coming into this episode, but <laughs> now I have quite a few. Yeah, I don't know. Is it she's a spren, so she's a cognitive being and can see the connection and therefore can you know manipulate it in some way, but maybe not other ways, or is something bigger going on here? And that's not a new usual thing for spren to be able to do, and it's a design thing that she can manipulate connection. I I don't know. No, I just I noted it. Anything else, gentlemen? Did we did we talk about the artwork? Did we? Oh, I don't think we did. I was gonna just mention briefly the the artwork. It's actually in chapter nineteen. This was another one of the full color. This one actually has some more colors in it, so I, I might have to take back my theory about the blue and the pink. I do see but green. The, I see green. There is definitely there. some prominent mm-hmm. green in this one. But yeah, take a take a look. Hopefully Trevor can throw it up on the the screen here for everybody. This this particular artwork, two things. One, really interesting. You can stare at this one for quite a while. It's almost like a page out of like an I spy book. Mm-hmm. Really cool. Yeah. And and two, extremely helpful for me in picturing Painter's World. As soon as I flipped the page to this, I was like, "Oh, okay. It's coming to place now." You know, things like that the Heon viewer that I'm struggling a little bit to, you know, imagine, boom, there it is on the wall right behind them. Things like what what kind of noodles 
is he eating? Well, there it is, cup of noodle right on his table with the little paper lid that you pull off the, the top of it. Like, go buy that at Walmart right now. Stuff like that. Very helpful for my mental picture. He's got a tea kettle. He does indeed, doesn't he? We just offended some British viewer. I'm sorry. So, yes, I, I apologize. I apologize. Um, this did. Th this picture was what cemented it to me. Like we talked, I think last episode about how I think Trevor said he originally pictured like the 1910s, 1920s, like mm -hmm. industrial era, and I kind of pictured like kind of modern, but not like this. Modern. This this literally looks like up-to-date modern yeah we, we've talked about that a couple times so no reason to go on it too long but like he has like it's a heon viewer but i mean he has a tv he has yeah modern lamps he has an electric fan I'm he has like the cup of noodles right like like he has all the stuff I'm, i mean it's I'm like a nice flat like... screen tv i'm saying like 2000s you know maybe it looks a little old school that... to me there are a couple things that are, I would also say 70s, but there's also a couple things that I would literally say 2020. Like, the cup of noodles on the on the table, I don't think is the yeah. 70s. And The TV is the one that gets me. It's a flat screen on the wall. I mean, I'll, I'll be <laughs> it's not filled with, like, wires and however those big old TVs, whatever those had in them, you know? It's not filled with that. It is like powered by investiture. So <laughs> I could easily believe that it's the 70s and they just use investiture to, to do stuff right. Makes perfect sense, you know. So so I see what you mean. The style of the lamp is definitely kind of like 70s, 80s, you know, 60s even. Well, what about the trendy little basket on Etsy that he bought on the, on the back, uh, back shelf back there? I noticed that. I stared at that for a while trying to figure out what that might be. One one thing, maybe the, the Easter egg, if you will, in this that I did not notice until maybe the fifth time I stared at this. The dishes. Stacked dishes. Stacked. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed I did, that. I did not see that until like the fifth time I looked at this. I was like, oh, those dishes on the table look, wait a second, they're all stacked at weird like angles. Well, Yumi, of course, doing and, the, the stacking. And let, let's be clear here. The the bowls behind them, like on the windowsill on the far left, I don't care how good of a stacker you are, those are not standing up straight. The There is no way you are going to be able to stack those that in that fashion. That is uh, not is, happening. See, okay, but the middle one is tilted to offset that yeah? like, position balance. You know, I believe it. I believe it. No, I, 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 I don't believe it. However, she's filled with investiture. She could, uh, I guess, do whatever she wants. <laughs> she, so. I, and I would fully buy it if she was accidentally surge mining these together, and that's how she's stacking these. But there's no shot that those are, those are stacked. If I go and stack pots in my kitchen right now like that, would you believe it? No, I'd have to be in the room. <laughs> You'd have to be in there. I couldn't send a picture. No. Or what about a live video? Like like a video, the whole thing. Maybe. <laughs> I, I'm not going to do it, but I just wanted to see how far you'd go with that. The last, the last thing I'll point out in this is on the far right, kind of in the middle, maybe towards up a little bit, is Painter's trunk, his chest. And inside it, you can barely make out like some paint brushes, maybe, uh -huh. and some jars of ink. And of course, that portfolio that he won't let Yumi touch. Did I really, really, really want to know what is in there? I, I think the artist's name is Alaya. Alaya Chen, I think is her name. Um, I wonder if she included all these on her own or if she got like a shopping list of things to include in the picture from Isaac Stewart. Um, because there's a lot of very specific things from the book, like in this picture. So I wonder if she did that herself or if that was specific direction that you needed, like this needs to be somewhere in the picture. This needs to be somewhere in the picture, that type of thing. That's a good question. 
you can ask that at Dragonsteel this year. Perhaps. All right. Anything else for episode 155, gentlemen? Covered everything I had. I'm I'm excited to go forward, and we're we're getting a better picture as time goes on of kind of where our at least some things that are that are in the works of timeline and major events that are happening. So I'm I'm excited to read forward and find out more. Yeah, sounds good. We will reconvene next week. Thanks for joining me, Paul and Elliot. See ya. Bye.